Welcome, everyone. To This House, a podcast with Corey and Katie. This is a podcast about marriage, kids, and the gospel. Because as for this house, and hopefully yours, we, we will, will serve, serve the Lord. Hey, Katie, welcome back to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> so formal when you say it like that. Yeah. So this is, I was thinking this is more of our normal podcast studio time it is nine o'clock at night on Sunday night Mm -hmm. and the kids are finally in bed so this is how we used to have to do podcast right yeah we always did it this way but we realized we're really tired at this time of night and want to just kind of chill yeah and so we stopped doing it and that's kind of why we stopped podcasting right it just got to be like it's at night we're tired let's just go to bed instead of doing this but I will say that your comments and just to all the people who listen and who tell us, hey, listen to the podcast. I enjoyed it. Here's what you you have kept us up late tonight. Um, Katie's yawning Because if we did, we would have um, lied to you because we yeah. said we'd do it every Tuesday. Yeah. We said we're bringing, well, we, we've, we've promised four yeah. in a row. So, so this is three. We ha- yeah, we haven't promised like indefinitely every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, that's going to take a lot of, hey, we really want you guys to keep no, doing it. yeah, I doubt that'll happen, but. But we have promised four in a row, and we are going to deliver on that promise. This is us honoring that commitment so, to you. We both so. got coffee. The kids are in bed. Um, if you're just joining us, we're doing a little series called What is Marriage? So we highly recommend you go back uh, two episodes. Um, they're actually labeled like part one, part two, this is part three. We've talked about the glory of marriage, meaning marriage is really God's doing for his glory. We talk a lot about that. So your marriage at the end of the day is about God. He's the centerpiece. And then we talk about the problem of marriage, which is not him or her, but it's sin. So go to battle against sin, not each other. Fight for your spouse, not with your spouse. We talked a lot about that last time, so we're not going to do any more on that. Uh, But today... We're going to continue the little series, and we're going to talk about the gospel of marriage. So what is the good news of marriage? We're actually going to go to Ephesians um, chapter 5, and uh, we thought we could do it um, in a cool way where Paul addresses the wives and the husbands, and I thought it would be neat for Katie to address the wives, uh, the little section, and just kind of give some practical tips walking through those verses, and then I could address the husbands. And again, the point is we're trying to get better. We're trying to love each other more. And uh, so hopefully our time together will benefit you and you'll enjoy hearing us talk about marriage. So um, the gospel of marriage. So Katie, I thought we could start, first of all, at the end of um, Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul brings in really that marriage is ultimately about Christ and the church. Um, so, uh, do you want to read that for us? Uh, beginning in verse, um, maybe 31. Oh, Oh, where were you going for that? Okay. Let me start there. It says for this reason, 31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ in the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Awesome. 
What version are you reading over there? <laughs> the NASB. I was I was like, my, that's not ESV. I have my preset Bible. Yeah. And that one's NASB. So, yeah. Sorry. I thought of that as I was reading it. Yeah. We're just trying to bring in. All flavors, you know, right? Yeah. You've got the ESV. I've got the NASB. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be. How we can the, learn from each other. The CSB. It's not. Is what I thought you were pulling out. And then I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I think that yeah. sounds a little bit more literal. Yeah. Right? It is. <laughs> That's a little Bible translation joke for those of you. Um, but yeah, so here, what we've talked about a lot, the beginning of marriage in Genesis, Paul now brings in and quotes Genesis chapter 2, therefore man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, two shall become one flesh. So he's quoting the marriage passage that all these people knew, but then he does something unique with it. He says in verse 32, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So here Paul is giving this explosive mystery, mystery meaning there's always been more to marriage that was hidden from all of the people before Jesus. And now Paul says, here's the mystery. Here's the revelation. Marriage all along was about Christ and his church. So marriage all along is not only about God's glory, but it's also about the gospel that marriage is about the relationship of Jesus and the church. So that's why this is about the gospel of marriage, the good news, that your marriage gets to be lived out, husband and wife, to display who God is to us, to display how Jesus loves the church, how the church respects um, Jesus, and we get to live that out. And that last line, it actually says, So let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So we have this sort of this divine dance when you think about marriage, and that's love and respect. And so let's just talk about that for a moment before we get into the real practical how-tos. So why do you think Paul um, tells us to love and respect? Why doesn't he just say, hey, husbands and wives love each other? Well, it's another example of how we're made differently, um, even in our, like, how we respond to things and um, what we, like, deep deeply desire yeah. from our our spouse and also not even just from our spouse but from people in general I think you would prefer that people respect you whereas I would like people to love me mm. you know yeah. not even That's just in thinking about the marriage relationship but um, I think that can apply across the board because God made us differently um, as female and male so yeah. it's just another difference not just like physical differences but um, in our souls, a difference in how we like to be dealt with, um, by the people around us. Yeah. I like that. So I'm going to throw out some, Thank you. some theological terms and, uh, we're just gonna get some spoiler alerts. Um, so there's a couple of ways to look at marriage and even husbands and wives. And one would be an egalitarian view. And, uh, so what that means is that, uh, gender, and the thought of gender roles are really non-existent. Um, they should be thrown out, meaning that husband and wife just defines how they want to orchestrate their marriage. Um, the two are equally the same. Mm -hmm. And then where um, we would be complementarians. And what that means is that we believe God created men and women equal, but they're equally different. And one of the ways this shows up is in marriage, that Paul's actually going to tell the wives to do a certain thing and the husbands to do a certain thing. And it's in those differences that we get to display the glory of the gospel. So I think that's one that you just pointed out 
even just the needs of our souls. We're, we're different. I, I need respect more and you need love more. And, and it doesn't mean that we don't also, you don't also like to be loved and I don't also like to be respected. Absolutely. It's just not the primary need. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yes. I'm going to deeply respect you. At mm-hmm. the same time that I love you, yes, right, yes. and hopefully you love me as well. I do, um, but yeah. So we're gonna get to kind of play out. Okay, what does love and respect look like? And and for some of you, um, you know, if you're having a problem in your marriage that maybe you're a husband, you're thinking, you know, man, it's just not clicking with my wife or your wife. Thinking, I just we're, we're not seeing eye to eye. Maybe it's because you're trying to give what you deeply want, like your wife trying to give love. But what your husband ultimately needs before that is respect. And it's the respect that he needs that is going to draw him to want to love and give what you need. So I think there is that dynamic of as husbands and wives. That's why Paul, I mean, it's the command of the Bible. Husbands, love your wife as yourself. Wives, respect your husband. So, um, and it's it's God's word. It's God's design. Uh, so we just encourage you rather than to say, well, yeah, that's just old. That's just how they used to do it. Um, this is traditional. Try it for your marriage. Like mm-hmm. apply God's word to your marriage and bring in the gospel and see if it doesn't really change things. So, um, so let's talk about wives and respect first because that's where Paul goes to first. So I would love to just hear your thoughts on um, Ephesians chapter 5 verses uh, 22 through uh, 24. Okay, well, I'll read that. So we read the end first because I think it's like a summary of what comes before that. Yeah. So we started there. So now we're going back and starting verse 22. Once again, I'm reading from the NASB, but it says, Wives, be subject to your husbands. ESV says submit, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands and everything. And so I think initially when I read that, I feel like there's those hot button words, subject, <laughs> in my version, yeah. submit in yours, that I feel like immediately you think negative. Yeah. I mean, even even though I even know this scripture and know what it's saying and believe it to be true in the best way to live out a marriage relationship, I still read it, and it's like, as I'm reading, it's like, well, I need to explain this. It needs an explanation. For whatever reason, our culture, the world, however you want to say it, this idea of being subject to something or submitting to something has a negative connotation. Absolutely. And um, which I think is just, it's sad and it doesn't have to be that way because when you read it and you, then you think in terms of as the church were in submission to Christ, that sounds, if you're a Christian, that sounds right and true and good. Yeah. And so, but then when you think about being subject to another person, I think we all, we all in this culture we live in, we want to be our own boss. We want to do, we don't want to answer to anybody. We want to be, you know, on our own and independent and all of these things. I think it creeps in um, everywhere on social media. It's all about like, do do you, you know, that's yeah. like the thing. You yeah. do you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't think in this passage Paul intended for this to be a negative thing. He intended, just like we said already about love and respect, it's like 
there's two different puzzle pieces and they're different, mm-hmm. but they perfectly fit together. And in those two different puzzle pieces, one has love as the primary, you know, piece, yeah. puzzle corner or whatever. And the other one um, has respect. And here for the respect thing to work really well, um, we wives are called to submit to our husbands. Does that mean we don't have a voice? Does that mean we don't bring um, our thoughts and opinions to the table when we're discussing things? Absolutely not. Um, But what I think it means, practically speaking, at the end of the day, if there's a decision to be made and we can't make it, we just are on two different pages, you have the final word and I'm to come under that. Um, Would you say that's, you know... Yeah, I think that's a really good um, explanation. It's tough, and and it means a lot of different things. It's not just in making a decision. Yeah, you know, um, I think, but I do think that's one way. You know, that's I feel like that's the question you hear. What if we just can't decide? Yeah, for sure. And then I think for me, it's never been a huge issue or a big struggle because. I realize, and I think you realize the weight of that, and at the end of the day, you're the responsible party (laughs) in that decision-making, whatever. So, I don't know. I think God just set it up that way so that there, you know, was just order in the home, just like Mm -hmm. he did it in the church, so there would be order. Mm -hmm. And the order is Christ is the head of that that institution, Mm -hmm. and the pastor, and the lay leaders, and the members, like, they're all underneath him, Mm -hmm. and so I think he did that in our homes as well, Um, and just to create harmony, and to set it up, you know, to best work, Um, so I heard that thing about, (laughs) I don't know if you'll like this analogy, but I've heard it used a lot, where there, you know, if there's two heads, Mm -hmm. you know, like on a person, you would think that's a (laughs) freaky person you know but if there's no head that's also you know they're dead you know um and so that's why to just have the one head and then the wives submit so once again like I said it doesn't mean you don't have a voice you don't have opinions no I think in loving me um you're going to want to listen to Mm -hmm. my opinions and my thoughts and all those things Mm -hmm. um but I think at the end of the day you are the one that is the protector, the, you know, ultimately responsible for what is going on in our home. No pressure. In the decisions we make. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I don't get why it's a problem because uh, I can just kind of uh, Yeah. Well, relax I think, I think you made some really good points. <laughs> and even just like the idea of head, well, then you've got, you know, the comparison is the wife is the body, just like the church is the body of Christ. And mm-hmm. who would say, well, yeah, the body's not, my body's not important. important. My head's yeah. like, the, and I think where this is where we miss, and you brought up this point, which I thought was really good, how we desire independence. We desire to be free in our own person, and I'm autonomous, and I live my life, and we bring that into marriage. But the goal of marriage is not independence. The goal is oneness. Mm -hmm. Like, we are one flesh, and the only relationship on the planet that's one flesh is husband and wife in marriage. And so, how do you become one flesh? Well, one flesh is bringing that together where there's there's a body and there's a head just like a, a human being where now we're connected and we're together. And I think um, how you mentioned in that submission is really God's way for bringing order. You know, it's one of those things where, as you said, if there's a decision that has to be made and there's two different, almost like two different roads mm-hmm. are coming together, yeah. well, 
one person on the road has to yield or there's going to be a head on collision. Mm -hmm. So, and it's okay. At the end of the day, who yields so that there's not a head on collision? It's that wives are given the yield sign of, okay, we're going to, we're going to go with the husband here. And Mm -hmm. there's that, or there's that submission. There's, I'm going to follow and respect. And if it turns out bad, then it's, it's the guy's fault. And, you know, I've said a lot of times that, you know, if decisions are poor, and Jesus comes to your house, he's going to knock on the door and say, um, is Mr. Home? Yeah. And he's going to have a talk to the guy because ultimately um, there's that responsibility that comes um, with uh, with this command. And I think it's, it's neat, too, that Paul, he doesn't say, he doesn't give this command to the husbands. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, husbands, your wives are to be submissive to you. <laughs> yeah. He's talking to the wives. Yeah. Um, and that would have been really kind of countercultural in Paul's day. Like mm, you would just speak to the man. To them. And yeah. so you're dealing with in Paul's day, like wives aren't even seen as like important. They're seen as property. And what you're going to see is Paul actually, I mean, he lifts, um, these, these ladies up. I mean, he has so much passion around the beauty of what it means to be a wife and how that is to be exalted um, in the home. So he doesn't say to the husbands, hey, your wife is supposed to be submissive to you. He tells the wife to do that to the husband. And so I think that's a really cool ordering there. Of This is a command for the wife to fulfill, not for the husband to demand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good point. Um, just this is not something husbands that we demand. Um, this is something that a, a wife filled with the spirit is going to want to do. And I think you brought out the relationship of, and it, it's for like the motivation is as to the Lord. Yeah. Like the submission is as, okay, as to the Lord, I get to display this. And for once my again, that's like another part of this. When I said, you know, when you think about the church submitting to Christ, that's like, Oh, that sounds like good. Like if you're a Christian, like, yes, the church should submit to Christ. That's a beautiful thing. Same thing here when it says as to the Lord, like in your personal walk with the Lord, I would hope if you're a Christian, you're in submission to him Mm -hmm. and you're striving to be in submission to him. You know, obviously there's going to be areas that you're working through, um, sanctification and things like that, areas of your life that you're not giving to him. But the the ultimate goal of your life as a believer is you want to be completely submissive to Christ. And yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. So like the same thing in our marriages, like you want to be submissive to your husband. That's a good, good thing. Yeah. God gave you the husband that you have for a reason. And, um, yeah. And, uh, to all my single ladies out there, <laughs> Uh, put your hands up right um here's the deal like you need to be careful who you marry yeah i mean like if if so if you're commanded to submit to your own husband you need to make sure that the guy you're liking or pursuing or thinking about dating or just daydreaming at whatever it is that he's a guy that's going to lead you well Mm -hmm. and is going to be for you and sacrifice for you and lay down his life for you. Like it's a, don't just marry some cute dude that's going to go and live his own life. Like Mm -hmm. you need to find the right guy who you can thrive under. And Um, be a joy to submit to him. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, But also like, I think practically speaking, when you think about this, like I don't think of our relationship and like, terms of every day I wake up thinking I'm going to submit to Corey today. <laughs> like you don't No, I don't. Huh, Sorry. That's so weird. Or like 
I don't know. I don't feel like it's ever a like thing that has to be thought through. Yeah. It's just like a natural, like, I don't know, rhythm yeah. that is in place. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, I would agree. And I think there's also. And I think it's such so hard because obviously I think you can tell from us talking and just <laughs> we're doing talks on marriage. Like I've, our marriage is healthy. Um, I want to be careful and not be insensitive to those who are in an unhealthy place. And we're not, you know, by yeah. any means telling a woman to submit to a man who's like abusive or Absolutely. any of those things. This, yes. this is like in a healthy yeah. marriage relationship, yeah. um, how God wants it to work. Not yeah. in a, you know, and obviously we're going to get to the husbands and yeah. how they are to behave towards their wives yeah. is an equally... Um, important part of this passage. Um, but in this, I think we're talking about healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think the mirror, if something about today, the mirror of submission is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so Paul says, Hey wives, submit to your husbands. Hey husbands, sacrifice, sacrifice. your life for her. Mm-hmm. So it's in that beautiful picture of, Hey, yeah, you're commanded to submit, but you're submitting to a sacrificial love who's yeah. a husband who's laying down his life for you. So that's God's design and picture. And of course, none of us are this perfectly. So this is where mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of grace and humility and, and, and servanthood and those kind of things. Um, what would you say to the person who says, well, how does that not make me inferior as a woman if I'm having to submit to my husband? Well, I mean, I think, I don't think it makes, makes them inferior at all. I just think it's a different role to play. Yeah. Um, and so difference doesn't automatically mean no, less inferior. than. No, not, not at all. Um, I don't ever feel um, inferior to you, but I do feel like I submit to you. And I just feel like our roles are very different. Um, yeah. But does it make one like lesser role than the other role? Yeah. I don't. No, I don't I, think. I, I agree 100%. No. And I think a great illustration is the Trinity. I mean, you have yeah. God the Father and God the Son mm-hmm. who are equally God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet it's the Son who submits, submits willingly yeah. to the Father. He is yeah. in submission to the Father. He goes on behalf of the Father. Um, there is a oneness. There is an, They are equal, um, but, but there's difference in role and relationship. And I think that's exactly what we are supposed to do as mm-hmm. um, husband and wife. We're equal um, I love how Peter tells the, the husbands, like, hey, watch how you treat your wife because your prayers are going to be hindered. Why? Because she is a co-heir of the kingdom. Like, we are co-heirs. We are equal in God's sight, both in his image, but yet in that we're equally different. We have different roles and relationships. So I think um, you're absolutely right. There's no um, one superior, one's inferior. It's we have different roles to live out, mm-hmm. and it ultimately displays the glory of the gospel and also reflects the Trinity in a way that we get to do that. So, um, yeah, any other any other thoughts for um, the ladies? Well, I think you also have to touch on the the part it says your own husband. So mm. it's not it's not referring to like women oh, submit to men. Good point. It does not say women submit Bring it, to girl. men. <laughs> it says women submit to your own husband. So this these passages are talking about a husband and wife relationship. So like if you're at a gas station and a guy comes up to you and is like, 
hey, woman, get in this car with me. <laughs> you don't have to submit to that. It's okay. A great illustration. So this is not at all what that's referring to. It's it's you and your husband. So. Yeah, and I think even in like the gender wars that I mean, of course, this is so anti-cultural. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously. Um, uh, you know, it's like uh, so if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're probably like, what are these people talking about? This Wait, is we're crazy different? talk. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I think even in like the, you know, the culture wars, this is like the pushback where mm-hmm. any difference means we're not equal and mm-hmm. we're inferior and one's got to be second, one's got to be first. And I think we bring this talk into, oh, so all women are less than all men. It's like, no, this is not says. men and women in general. This is a very particular relationship, husband and wife. And I think here's the, here's kind of the, the behind it, the why behind it. I think this is what, you know, I try to communicate anytime I'm speaking on this matter is, you know, women who are submitting to their husband, they're not just doing something, they're showing something. They're showing how the church responds to Jesus. Like mm-hmm. they get to display the gospel in the way they do this. So they're not just doing something, they're showing something. They're showing the glory of the gospel. And for those people who would say, you know, I don't want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to live my own life. Christians say, we submit to Jesus and look how great our life is because he knows best. Mm -hmm. So how do we actually display that in a real working situation? Well, look at my marriage. I'm submissive to my husband and I thrive and I love it. And this is better than just being single and doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. So I think we get to really flesh and blood live that out and show the glory of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Yeah, I don't think I, I have anything it. else to add. I love it. Well, let me talk to the guys for a little bit, and then yeah. I think, I think we can kind of bring it in. And if you have more, I feel things. like it says a lot more to the guys. Yeah, it's like one <laughs> thing to the girls. Submit. Yeah. Subject. Be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And so now here, it's your turn. <laughs> Buckle up, boys, because uh, it starts off. It, it almost sounds like we're off the hook. It says in verse twenty-five, "Husbands, love your wives." And I can almost see like, oh, really? Like, I've got to submit to him and all he's going to do is love, love me. me. Like, that's the easiest thing in the world. Like, are you kidding? Of course he loves me. Like, that's why he married me. So that's all he's got to do is just love me. And I think the reason we think that's so easy is because we're like Hallmark Channel love. Like, mm-hmm. love's this great feeling. And whenever you feel it, give it. If you don't feel it, you don't have to give it. So basically what sometimes we hear, I think, as wives possibly is oh well my husband only has to do what he feels in his heart that's not hard at all and um i just want to give you a bigger concept of love from a biblical perspective i want to share a couple of verses um from the old testament one is hosea um verse uh, chapter 3 verse 1 um here's this relationship of hosea and gomer and uh, Hosea is a prophet. Gomer is the, the, the wife that he's supposed to go marry, and she actually turns into a prostitute and cheats on him with all these different guys. And the Lord says this, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods. So here Israel assumed God loves us because we're great. And here God is saying in this vivid picture of his prophet marrying a girl who's cheating on him, who's giving herself to other men, God says, go love her because I love Israel in the same way. Israel cheats on me and goes after other gods, um, but I love her and I still go after her. Think about how that's a covenant promising love, not just a, hey, I feel great. 
she's cheating on me, so I'm going to keep loving her. No, that's a deep, deep love. And the thing about Romans 5, 8, it says God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So there's that, that, that love. We go to the New Testament in, in Romans where what does love look like? It's, it's giving. It's death. It's God um, sends his son to die for us. Even when we were still sinners and enemies, God loves us. So we're trying to bring in that definition of love to the picture here. And what we're going to do is just kind of walk through this text and show how Paul is going to deal with really, um, really five ways that the husband is supposed to love his wife. So the first one is a sacrificial love. Okay, here's what it says. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that's the definition of how a husband's supposed to love his wife. It's Remember, submission is, is mirrored with sacrifice. So husbands, love your wives, not hallmark when it just feels good. No, go love her with a sacrificial love. In other words, give up your life for her sake. Uh, so husbands, as you look at your wife, Tonight or tomorrow, it's the image of, okay, I'm supposed to absolutely give up my life to make sure this girl has everything she needs. I'm sacrificing. I'm laying down my life. Jesus died for me to fix what was wrong with me. So I'm going to give up everything I can to make sure this girl knows how crazy I am about her, to make sure she knows how much I love her. So it's a, it's a sacrificial love. It's a give up yourself in the images of Jesus on the cross. Um, so that is what, um, ultimately husbands are called to do, to have a sacrificial love. And then I think secondly, um, it's a sanctifying love that he says that he might sanctify her. And that means to, to set apart. So I think part of the husband's role is to love your wife in a way that it sets her apart. Um, it sets her apart from all the other women in your life. It sets her apart as this prized possession in your life. And it's helping to sanctify her. And this was one that really I struggled with for a long time because it seems to imply that like the husband has sanctifying power. Mm-hmm. Like like one of my roles is to sanctify you. And and I've heard that preached a lot, like, hey, husband, you love her and you're gonna help sanctify her, you're gonna help wash her and cleanse her. And I don't think that's actually true. Um, I don't think I have any sanctifying power in your life. <laughs> um, I think ultimately only Jesus can sanctify you. So, so what's Paul trying to do here that the husband's love is to sa- is going to sanctify his wife? I think what it's showing is the way I love you, it points you to the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like the way I sacrifice for you and love you, it points you to the love of Jesus. And it's the love of Jesus that is ultimately going to sanctify you. And I think the way I love you even on the days it's hard to love you, um, or a husband as you love your wife, when it's hard to love your wife, it reminds you of Jesus's love for you, that he loved you while you were a sinner, and it helps to sanctify you through all the mess of life. So I don't think it's the husband is sanctifying the wife. Mm-hmm. I think it's the husband's love displays the love of Jesus in the home, and that love takes both of you to remember Jesus, and it's through Jesus that you're both being sanctified. Um, that make sense yes it does yeah so um so yeah it's a it's a love that is showing both people they're well, desperate it says after for that it says with the word yeah so it's like yeah even pointing back to the what word. is the word that's mm-hmm. 
that's Jesus, Jesus mm-hmm. right? And this this washing, this cleansing. Um, I think there is that um, so that uh, he might present himself to the church in splendor without spot or blink or any such things. It's kind of raising us up to what Jesus is going to do with us. So this is not a what I'm doing for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not making you perfect to present you um, to, at the wedding feast. Mm-hmm. Jesus is doing that to present yeah. you um, ultimately at that feast. But so, yeah. I think he uses you yeah. in my life. Just like what we talked about last week, he uses you to sometimes like point me to him. Yeah. So it is ultimately him that's doing it, but he uses the husband and the wife in the marriage yeah. to point each other to be more like Christ. I yeah. think. Yeah. And the more as a husband, you can love your wife when she doesn't feel lovable mm-hmm. or the more that you can love your wife when she doesn't feel like she deserves it, the more you point her to the gospel. And yeah. the more the gospel grows in her heart and grows in her life, and she's reminded of, oh, yeah, this is God's love. Yeah. I, I had a really bad day. I said a really hurtful thing, mm-hmm. and you met me with love and grace. Yeah. Oh, that's going to cause sanctification. That's going to cause grace and mercy. Um, so, yeah, it's a sanctifying love. I think, thirdly, it's a nourishing love. So, husbands, you should have a nourishing love um, towards your wife. Here's what it says in verse 28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as, as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Um, so Paul actually kind of switches um, the, the imagery a little bit. He's been talking about the wife as the body of Christ. Now he's talking about the wife as the husband's own body. And he says, um, here's the deal, that you should love your wife as your own body. And uh, just if you're a guy listening to this, we typically love our bodies. Like we just, if, if, if a guy gets in front of a mirror, the probably the first thing he's going to look at is his body, not his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're probably, in your case, you're going to look at your face first, right? Mm-hmm. A guy is concerned about his body. That's why we jog. That's why we kind of joke at each other when you're around a group of guys. It's like, hey, you need to jog. You need to run. You know, we're, we're constantly going to the gym, working out, trying to get better. Um, and just real practically, like if we're hungry, we're going to go get some food. Like mm-hmm. if, if my body growls, I'm going to get to work and I'm going to feed it because we love our bodies. And Paul says, hey, in the same way, dudes, that you love your body, like when it growls you to cheeseburger, you should have that same thought to your wife. Okay, what does my wife need? She's my body. And when she's got a need, I'm going to get to work. When uh, when there's something that, that I sense that there's not enough time spent with her or I was I was harsh with her or she needs a break with the kids, like whatever need I, I sense, I'm going to go and nourish. I'm going to go and take care of that because when my body's got a problem, I'm going to make sure that, man, it's in tip-top shape because I want my wife to thrive. Um, so I think there's that imagery of... Um, Man, that no one hates their own flesh. Like, you don't hate your own body. So, husbands, um, we should love and nourish our wife. If we're not, we're actually hating ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you're not spending time, attention, and giving your wife a lot of love and value, you're actually hating yourself. Um, you're doing yourself a disservice by not loving your wife in the way that Paul's um, demanding it. And I think number four, this is one of the, um, you know, the ones I think that could really. Uh, change in marriage. I know we've shared this word a lot, but he says in that passage, and cherish. So you don't nourish, but you also cherish 
your body. You cherish your wife, who's the representation of your body. And I think um, just that, you know, if sanctifying means to set her apart, cherish means to set her above. And I think as a husband, one of your goal is to set your wife above all others, all other girls, your sports, your job, your kids, your hobbies, your TV, your video, like whatever it is, you want your wife to know I'm way above everything else in my husband's life. He's got eyes for me, attention for me. He pursues me. Uh, Every time he's in my presence, I feel like he just lights up. Like, you know, and and I think as guys, we're very good at cherishing. We don't Mm -hmm. admit this, but we really are. That's why we wear, you know, jerseys to football games and cheer for 20-year-olds when we're 40-year-olds. And it's like, wait, what? Because we cherish. We love sports teams. We love cars. We love wrapping ourselves in sports and hunting. And, like, we are cherishers by nature. And so I just want to say, if you're a husband listening Take that impulse to cherish a team or a hobby or a career and put it on your wife and cherish her. Set her above and apart everything else and and think about her, um, dream about her, speak words over her that when you see her, it should be just praise overflowing out of your mouth. How beautiful, how excited you are to see her. And if you'll just start doing that, um, I think you're going to see a difference in your marriage. If you would look at your wife like the most valuable treasure that you've ever beheld and you just can't get enough of her. So, um, yeah, cherish your wife. Nourish her and also um, cherish her. I said there were five. There's actually four things. Cherish was um, the last thing in the list. So um, that would be my advice, kind of mm-hmm. working through this. But that big picture Husband, you are to absolutely sacrifice for your wife. If she's called to submit, you're called to sacrifice. It is a sacri- It's not a love that loves when it feels good. Mm-hmm. Loves when everything's great. Um, it's a love that loves no matter what. Because that's what Jesus loved us when we were sinners. We are supposed to love our wives no matter what the occasion, what the situation is. And if you will love your wife in this way, your affections will grow your love will grow, your excitement will grow. So maybe your wife, your husband thinking like, I just don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I feel that. Well, start loving, put love before your feelings. Mm -hmm. Start because what it love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. It's a commitment. God said, go love this girl who's cheating on you because I love Israel, even though Israel is cheating on me. That is a love that is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a covenant. So love your wife in a gospel way and the feelings and affections I think will grow with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the respect will come in turn on the wife's end. Ooh. The more she's loved, the more easier it is to respect. Yeah. Doesn't mean that she shouldn't respect when she's not loved. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think wives will in turn respect more if yeah. they're loved more. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's a love there's a, a book, Love and Respect. And uh, you might have read it um, before, but I'll just give you the, the quick it's spoiler been around, alert. Around for a while. Uh, he talks <laughs> about, I think he calls it the crazy cycle. And basically, it's just the idea that as wives, we want and need love. As husbands, we want and need respect. And as a husband, we're waiting for respect so that then we can give love. And as a wife, we're waiting for love so then we can give respect. But when the wife doesn't get love, she withholds respect. And the husband doesn't get respect, so he withholds love. 
And it's this crazy cycle of, I'm not getting respect, so I'm not giving love. And you saying, well, I'm not getting love, so I'm not giving respect. And we're both withholding from each other because we're not getting what we deeply need. And I think getting off the crazy cycle is to don't wait till you get filled up to give. No, if you're a wife, respect your husband, like period. His position, because the word says to, don't wait for him to be the perfect Ephesians 5 husband. Mm -hmm. Start respecting him and then see how his love will then grow for you. If you're a husband, don't wait for your wife to respect you to then sacrificially love her. Jesus didn't say, hey, church, if you love me, if you respect me, then I'll die on the cross for you. Knows while they were sinners, Christ died and loved us, and his love causes us to want to follow and love him. So it's that don't wait for the other spouse to take the first step. You do what you can do. So as a husband, go love your wife. Go love her like crazy and see if your love doesn't just translate into her loving you and respecting you because your love is doing that in her life. So I think that's a really good point. So let's talk practically for a little bit about just like maybe even us. Um, how how do you love me? How do I respect you? Oh, yeah. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Get the nitty gritty. Yeah. So and I, you know, obviously this is like us, but I also think a lot of these things would apply to like all women, all, most women, most men in yeah. marriage relationships. Yeah. But um, so I would say I think we should do it reverse. OK. Because like. What do you mean reverse? In what ways do you feel like I love you? Oh. Because if I put out my list, it might not be something that I might think, well, I love her like this. But you're like, no, that's okay. not love. Okay. Or we can do it either way. It doesn't matter. Okay. I'm going to submit to you. <laughs> and we'll do it your way. <laughs> yeah. So what are some ways that you think I practically love you? And I'll just see if like, and then I might comment of, well, what about this? Or Okay. Well, one, I feel like just as you were talking and saying about cherishing, like definitely like you do that really well. Like I definitely feel like I'm super cherished and that when you come home, you, I mean, are excited to see the kids, but you're most excited to see me. See me. Yes. Um, I always feel that way. Um, I feel like, yeah, you definitely show that physically and also by just telling me and um just the way you seem to light up when you see me so you light um, me up babe yeah (laughs) thanks but yeah you do that so well so that's one way that you love me um super practically speaking you know things that I like for you to do um like I like you to give me a massage (laughs) and you (laughs) always do that even without me asking so that's definitely one way that you show me that you love me and also, um, you you're un- looking at the dishwasher. You unload the dishwasher <laughs> for me because <laughs> that's like my least favorite household task. Not always, but um, when you see that it needs to be done, you'll do it or I'll gently nudge you and yeah. to do it. And you always do it, you know, not grumbling or complaining. You just yeah. do it because, you know, that shows me that you love me. Yeah. Um, and I think just a husband tip, like try to pick up on things that your wife doesn't like to do. And just and start doing those. Like, that, yeah. that's how I found out about the dishwasher. That's really 
probably the thing that like I I don't really mind to do the dishes and I don't mind unloading load the dishwasher but you kind of at you know one point like I hate doing I hate unloading the dishwasher it's the, the one thing I, I'm like great but one household task that's what I'm really gonna so like I it. try to fight to make sure that I'm the one who loads and unloads I don't always do it perfectly but I do try to do that and I try to just listen for little things and like two days ago you were like hey um, when you get coffee, it spills on the counter sometimes, <laughs> really every time. So could you like get a rag and wipe it up? And for the last two days, I've got a rag and I've tried to wipe it up. Like I'm just making a mental note. Okay. Instead of being like cynical, that her. like, oh, whatever. I'm like, no, okay. I'm going to get a rag and I'm going to clean up this, you know, little spill that happens every morning that I neglect that I don't really care about, but she does. So I'm going to care about it. Mm-hmm. So, I think um, that's the thing, like caring about the things that your wife cares about, even though you really don't care about them. Yeah. I think early in our marriage, you realized I cared about you just taking your clothes off and leaving them on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we went through that. I mean, yeah. that was so early in our marriage. <laughs> like you quickly learned. They go in the hamper. Oh, wait. She doesn't want to pick my clothes up. She wants me to pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, those are so little petty things, but... Um, yeah. But I think even in, it's the little in the, things add up though. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and put it on the other spot, like that's also like how you show respect. Cause I feel like, you know, you do a lot of those things for me that you wouldn't necessarily just like choose to do, mm-hmm. but you know I enjoy them. And I feel like you're always up for, you know, oh, let's go. Okay, I'll go with Corey for a hike. Like that's probably never gonna be something that you would just dream up to do, but mm-hmm or let's go camping, or let's go on this adventure, yeah. or let's do this thing. Like, you're always, when you know I like something, um, I think that's one way you show respect. Like, I want to be with you. Yeah. So I'm going to do this, and you enjoy it. Um, and I just, I love that. And so that's one way that, you know, I think I feel, I think even with, like, my work, you're super encouraging and supportive. You know, I always feel like, you know, you're my number one fan, <laughs> and, like, just, you know, I could, I could preach a sermon and I, like a hundred people say, Oh, that was great. That was great. And, uh, but it's like, when you say, Hey, that, that was great. Like that means a thousand times more than anybody else. And, um, because I feel like, you know, there's that moment of you see my life all week long. And then I stand on stage and say this, like, you're the one who could know, Oh, that sounds good. But that is not true. You know what I mean? So like yeah. when there's that on, like just there's that, um, you know, authenticity of like, mm-hmm. okay, this, yeah, I'd never do anything perfect. <laughs> and every sermon I preach, I way fall short of what that example should be. But it's just nice to hear like, I'm not a fake, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, Hey, that was, well, I uh, think too, like in thinking about work, I mean, I definitely feel like that's something that um, was like surprising to me because like in thinking in terms of like respect, like, I mean, I appreciate it when you notice my work too around like the house and with the kids, I really, really do. But I feel like for you, that's just like such a big deal. Um, a much bigger deal, um, than for like me to hear, um, you say, Hey, thanks for doing our laundry, which I really appreciate you saying that because that's a big task yes. when you have it's a family our task. size but it's the ongoing task but I feel like when I speak words over your sermons or the way you lead the staff or whatever that like carries so much weight for you yeah because that's kind of like a lot of your 
who you are and what you do. Guys, like, you know, the first thing when you meet a new guy, you ask, what do you do? Yeah. And girls don't really do that. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. such a big, like, important thing. And not only, like, saying, like, hey, babe, like, I love, you do a really good job at your job <laughs> or like yeah. you are a really good carpenter or you are a really good salesman, whatever your husband may do, but like specifically like say why, you know, like yeah. I, you're really good with people when mm-hmm. you sell cars, like you, you just connect with people in a way that a lot of other people can't yeah. like, you know, like be specific. Yeah. And I feel like I try to do that with your sermon, like specifically, what it spoke to me or yeah. like, you know, what, if a friend of mine says something about your sermon, I try to tell you like, Hey, yeah. this impacted this person. So that's how it works with us. But I'm trying to think of like other jobs. Like, yeah. honey, you're a really good lawyer. The way that you argue your cases or so, yeah. or, you know, you spend so much time laboring over these things. I really think you care about the people, not just your, yeah. your job and making them money. Absolutely. You know, um, I think being specific and, you know, praising them about their work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, you know, two things that I, you know, one is like kind of what you're talking about, you know, that when, you know, a wife, pra- you know, you praise your husband in private or you thank him in private and praise him in public, I think is mm-hmm. what I've said a few times. And like you do that so well. And, you know, when we're out with people and there might be a, even around my parents or your parents, I think that's probably the biggest. Like if we're with your parents and you say something, about me that's like in a in a you know just a praise or that's like talking about like filling my tank up like mm-hmm. here's you know alan stout like superstar father-in-law and to hear like oh his daughter just gave me a compliment in front of him like <laughs> you know i think those are just big things that um you hey, know mom and dad. that you do they listen to all these <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they're probably our are, biggest fans yes absolutely they'll keep listening if no one else does so but yeah, I think you do those things just, yeah, so well, like just practically. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else for you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot on yeah. the day to day. I'm trying to think of anything that, so now we can kind of reverse it. Like, what are some things I think you've hit on? Like, I do, um, you know, try to always speak words, always show you affection, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, every night, it's like, okay, you know roll over so I can rub you, you know, it's like, those, <laughs> I, I just know you like them. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to do them. But then, you know, I think probably at first, like that was like kind of like a, a chore or like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to do this. Cause, but now it's, I think the more you do it, like, I love it. Like, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Like I'm getting to, you know, um, get my wife a massage, make her feel good. Like this makes me feel good. Like I'm excited to do this. So I think just, um, and, uh, yeah, and I try to always, I think not one, all wives like massages. True, so yeah. don't listen to this and yeah. go like rub on your wife yeah. and her be like, Ask I her. hate it when yeah. you touch me that way. <laughs> so find Absolutely. out like each couple's different. Find out the things that your wife really loves for you yeah. to do and yeah. ways that you can show her. Yeah, no doubt. But I always like, you know, I think too, just trying to always be like, never be critical. Mm-hmm to other people about like you yeah. or just always looking at like the best. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think when hopefully when we're around people, like mm-hmm. we're not nagging at each other, <laughs> picking, you know, it's like, man, well, I just want to show the world like how much I love you. And I think even in, in public, like, you know, if I'm walking in a place, like grab your hand and I want to mm-hmm. show like, Hey, this, this girl's mine. Like, yeah. and hopefully that communicates love to you, you yeah. know, cause I want to make does. sure you feel love. It does. So, <laughs> yeah, 
any other ways you can think about in respect that you could practically tell wives, hey, here's here's another tip or here's a way that you do it in our home? I think respecting um, your spouse in front of the children mm. is one. Like, yeah. Even, like, I feel like in things, like, where one, like, one of us may tell them something that we didn't realize, but you've given them a, you know, something they can or can't do, and then yeah. I say, it's okay, but we didn't realize. Yeah. And then they say, well, Dad said I couldn't do that. So, oh, well, then whatever your dad said, you know, mm. like, n- not be like, oh, well, that's just your dad, and he just has these crazy rules, and yeah, that's a good point. I don't agree with him. You know, like, yeah. but being on the same team and see your kids pick up on that. Like, yes. they really do. And ours well, are getting, They will rip you yeah, apart Yeah, our if kids are getting to the age where they really, really are picking up on those type of things. And so, um, like, Corey's really, like, has them read their Bibles in the morning, you know, pretty faithfully before. Our kids get up early, so um, that's one thing he wants them to do before they go play or get ready for school or all the things. It's a really good thing, but you're a little more of a, like, stickler on it. Yeah, and I'm the Pharisee. The morning, <laughs> the morning when... Do your reading, I've kids. I've noticed on the mornings when you're... The Thursday morning when you leave early for Bible study and it's just me here, they don't always do it because mm-hmm. they know you're not here. And so I try to like be like, guys, have you read your Bible? You know, yeah. just because I know that's something you like kind of oh, a sweet. routine that you've established. That. And not always, but like their instinct is, well, that's not here. I'm not going to do it, you yeah. know, but like kind of like to honor you in that. And yeah. Pick up on that. But yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's the same way. Exactly what you're saying is. You know, how do you communicate towards your spouse? Like, you know, try to make it very clear to the kids. Like, hey, when we get around the table, like, you better tell your mom, like, how awesome she is. Yeah, you've been doing good about that. And, like, if I hear one of my boys say something negative about, like, dinner or, like, something that's going on that mom did, it's like, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. Let's have a little side talk, buddy, because that's my wife, and she deserves your love and your respect and your honor and um, you're going to treat it like that. So I think just even the way you talk, you know, to your spouse and the way I try to talk to you and, mm-hmm. and I, and I try to in ways like, you know, I think today I was saying something to the kids like, you know, you're, ne- you're going to have a hard time finding a wife as great as mine or just little things mm-hmm. like that. Well, I want my kids or even to be affectionate with you. Like I love when they walk in the room, like I'm going to give you a kiss right in front of them. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to, I want them to see like as they start what you know as they start seeing things on TV and just seeing people out and they begin to hear the story of love and romance and like I want to see like oh well my dad you yeah. better believe I saw him romance my mom like yeah. he was always hugging and kissing her and and I could tell like he loved her and pursued her so I want them to see um, just always like man what I mean I really want my boys to when to leave my house like when mom walked in the room. Like, dad noticed. <laughs> like, he always noticed when mom showed up. And uh, and hopefully, um, they're seeing that because um, I think it's pretty easy. Like, when you walk out the room, I, I mean, it's, it's like, Stop. Uh, uh, like, when you came in <laughs> church today, I mean, oh, you were just so just beautiful. Like, your hair, and I was just like, What? You're standing beside me? You're I'm my wife? I'm so embarrassed This right is now. unbelievable. He's going to edit this out. No. It is. The world needs to know. You are the most beautiful. Oh, my gosh. You're amazing. So, uh, she's telling me to stop. And uh, But, yeah. So, little things like that. I want my kids to know. 
But by golly, I want, yeah, I want every other guy and girl in the world to know too. Like this girl is this guy's. So yeah, I want people to know. I think they know. It's on the podcast. You're (laughs) awesome. I think that's it. I think we've covered everything. Yeah, we covered the gospel. So uh, the good news, your marriage is about Jesus and the church. So dudes, you need to do a good job of showing Jesus to your wife. Uh, Lay down your life for her. Show her the gospel. And wives, show what it looks like to be loved by Jesus by respecting and following the leadership of your husband. And I think Submit is not a bad word. It's not. Submit mirrored with sacrifice mm-hmm. displays the gospel, and it's beautiful. And uh, if you do it with God's grace, um, I think people around you are going to notice, mm-hmm. and there's going to be something different about your marriage. They're going to ask questions, and you're going to get to explain to them the beauty of the gospel, and uh, it's good news. So uh, the glory of marriage, the problem of marriage, the gospel of marriage. Next week, we're going to talk about the gift of marriage. So we're going to look at uh, intimacy with your spouse. So <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go. It should be, uh, should be fun, but I think we're going to have some very practical things to That'll say. Probably be our most listened to episode. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to give it some time um, and then we're going to look at all yeah, the numbers or, and yeah. call y'all out if that's the most yeah, listened to like, one. What's up? So, but yeah, so that should be fun. Well, man, we are, we're so thankful that you have chosen to listen to us wherever you are, jogging, driving, cooking, doing laundry, sitting by your computer with your spouse, however you're listening to us. Unloading the dishwasher, guys. Yes, guys. Yeah. Just get up and go unload the dishwasher. I promise you it needs either loading or unloading. It always does, especially if you have kids. Um, But yeah, just, just love each other. Give grace, not law. Um, Cherish your spouse, pursue your spouse and uh, love and respect. Love and respect, yes, because that's what this house does. <laughs> Trust me. Did you like that? Yes, this I like house. that. All right. As for this house, we, we will serve, serve the, the Lord, Lord, and we hope that you do too.